This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, June 7th, 2015. Road Trip, Plans, and Promises. Oh, yeah. You know, when I was a kid, uh, nearly every summer we went on vacation, and it was usually a road trip. A lot of stops along the way, points of interest. Any of you have similar childhood vacation things? Yeah, yeah. Several important road trips in the Bible. Today, next two weeks, we're going to be taking a look at uh, one travel by a guy named Abram, whose name later changed to Abraham. Good morning, Connection Church. It is great to be with you this morning. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Oh, God, we come to you on our own road trip, and sometimes we wind around and we're not sure where we're going, but Lord, use today, use this passage in Genesis to give us a glimpse of Abram's road trip and how uh, what went on with his life we can apply to our lives. We thank you for this time together, and we give it to you in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. And everybody gathered said, amen. So Abraham's road trip, unlike those uh, family trips we took as kids, Abram's trip was no vacation. I'd say it was more like uh, uh, the trips that those who were just up here on graduation Sunday that they're about to embark on, you know, traveling into some uncharted territory, striking out on a journey not quite sure about, entering into the unknown. But even when we're not sure exactly what's ahead, we still have a plan. For example, when the uh, young people were up here for graduation, when we went and asked them their name and their school and what they were doing next. Some said more education, some said, well, I'm not sure, I'm looking for a job. Well, that's a plan, looking for a job. You know, some moved to a new location, and so each person up here did have some sort of plan, although not knowing exactly in advance what that was going to look like. You see, plans are always subject to change. See, when I was a kid, we always had a plan for the vacation. Now, this was pre-GPS, uh, G- GPS, pre-computer, like uh, Clark was using there on the screen. So we had to do it the old-fashioned way. We had to use uh, a map. Yeah, my dad worked for an oil company, and they had this uh, travel service where they'd send you the, the maps with your route highlighted in orange. You remember those old maps, that map? highlighting our things they had both a direct and the scenic route with the scenic route all those places along the way that you want to stop and and we always had uh, reservations preset at the motels along the way a, a trip once to boston where we spent hours looking for a place to say guaranteed that my mother would never again not leave the motel situation to chance <laughs> well in the case of abram he had a plan The difference for him was he didn't map it out. (laughs) God did. God mapped out the plan for Abram. And I don't really think that there were reservations in hotels in advance either. So let's take a look at Abram's story or part of it. We find it in Genesis chapter 12. 
the Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. So at this point, we don't know a lot about Abram. We're, we're briefly introduced to him at the end of the previous chapter, chapter 11, when we're told uh, a little bit about his father, Terah, T-E-R-A-H, who was 70 when Abram was born. We're also told that he took his son, Abram, his grandson Lot, and Abram's, uh, who's Abram's nephew, and also uh, Terah's daughter-in-law, Sarah, Abram's wife, and they journeyed from their home in a place called Ur of the Chaldeans, and they headed for a place called Canaan. They stopped along the way in Haran, and they ended up settling there. Terah lived to be 205 years old when he died in that same place, Haran. And so it's during this period of time when Abram was living with his father, his wife, and his nephew, Lot, in Haran, that the Lord called on Abram. And the Lord gave Abram a task that many of us would balk at, would turn away from, would possibly run from, or just say, oh, no, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Basically, the task was to leave everything that is familiar, everything that was comfortable, everything that was known. And you, Abram, your wife, your nephew, go. Go where God tells you to go. Now, in some respects, this is what Lori agreed to on Friday night when she was ordained an elder in the United Methodist Church. That's what Alan and I agreed to when we were many years ago ordained an elder in the United Methodist Church, except that we've agreed to go, but it's more in consultation with the bishop. It's not this go. Although I have to say when God told us to go, we go to start this church, we go. nothing could stop that. Yeah. So this assignment for Abram really was a lot bigger than what God has put in our lives because God put this on him, and there was no discussion, no discussion at all. Pastor and author Craig Barnes shares this in his book, When God Interrupts, Finding New Life Through Unwanted Change. He says, the challenge to people of faith is to learn how to follow. Central to that task is giving up the expectation of knowing where we are going. And so that's the plan here, for uh, Abram to faithfully go where God tells him to go. Basically, it's the plan each of us is given, to follow where the Lord leads, to go where God calls us to go. And it's challenging, because we like to be in charge. We like to call the shots. We make, like to make our own decisions. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. <clears throat> We like to have a say in the direction our lives are going, but here's the thing. Who knows what's best for us, for you and me? Who knows better than God what's up ahead? We're reminded of what the Lord said to the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 29, 11, when he said, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Mm. 
Well, not only does the Lord tell Abram where to go on his road trip, but he makes a promise <coughs> to go along with that. Let's take a look at what the Lord promised Abram. The Lord said, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And so God promises Abram. Promises that God will make Abram into a great nation, and that God will bless him, and that all people on earth will be best through Abram. Later on in chapter 15, a couple chapters later, Abram expresses concern because, because he has no children. How are you going to have, how am I going to be the father of many, many great nations if I don't have any kids? And God takes him outside, tells him to look in the sky, and says that he'll have offspring as numerous as the stars that he sees. Well, this gets Abram's attention since he's 75 at the time and his wife's 65. And yet this is the promise, <coughs> excuse me, that God makes. He also promises Abram the land that he's going to take him to. It'll be your land. He, he tells him, though, that his descendants will be enslaved, that they'll be mistreated for 400 years, but they will be free with great possessions and they will end up returning to this land. You know, sometimes we have detours when we're on the road, don't we? And that's one of the detours the Hebrew people had. So what does all this have to do with us today, with you and with me? Well, basically, here's what we're reminded. We worship a God of promises. Can you say that? We worship a God of promises. If you don't take anything else with you today, we hope that you take that. We worship a God of promises. And God does not only promise, but God delivers. God delivers. Now, pause. Not always the way we want, but God <laughs> delivers. And even when the promises seem bigger than life, God delivers. Like the one to Abram. I mean, he's childless at age 75. Sarai is 65. Now, most of us would think that there's no way God would be able to make a way to deliver on this promise. Most of us would hope there was no way. <laughs> I don't know, Alan. I'm ready for another one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but God does make a way. God makes a way. And we're going to see this next week. We hope you'll come back for part two of Road Trip. God delivers. Mm. So this promise we're looking at this morning is known as the covenant. In fact, specifically, the Abrahamic, because his name eventually becomes Abraham, the Abrahamic covenant. Now, covenant is a divine promise that establishes or modifies God's relationship to us or to, a, to humanity or to a particular group. Now, in this case, God promises three things, blessing, land, and offspring. He'll be a blessing, promises them the land, and, and offspring. You know, it's interesting to note how this plays out today. As 
uh, back in 48, Israel was reestablished in 1948, and also three of the world's largest religions hearken back to Abram, to Abraham. Islam, Judaism, and Christianity. Isn't that amazing? This is not the only covenant that we find in the Bible. Another is found in Genesis chapter 9, and it's a covenant with Noah after the flood, where God says he will never again destroy the entire earth with a flood. Well, both this and the covenant with Abram are unconditional in nature. We talk about unconditional, the love of God is unconditional. That means that God's promise stands no matter what. There's nothing that we can do to change it, tweak it, that God doesn't break God's promises. On the other hand, God does make some conditional covenants. For example, the promises established through Moses, which is found in the next book of the Bible, the second book of the Old Testament, Exodus. In this case, God promised the Israelites blessing when they were obedient, but he also promised curse for disobedience. God's blessing in this case was dependent. It was conditional on the behavior of the people. He gave them the law, the rules to follow. You're probably most familiar with the Ten Commandments. Those are the basic ten, but there were many, many other rules and regs that God gave the people through Moses. And those rules and regs basically had a twofold design. On the one hand, the rules helped establish a very orderly society where justice was important. On the other hand, the rules were established so that we would be obedient to God. Both of these are important for us as God-honoring, God-fearing people. Through these rules and regs, God teaches us to make healthy choices. God teaches us to honor and respect both God and those around us. God holds us accountable for our actions. In the commandments that God gave Moses, in fact, we find the basis for much of our common law found in the Western Hemisphere. I really appreciate and thank God for the boundaries that God gives me, where I know that here's where I need to be, and when I veer out, that's a danger zone. That's like the sin zone. I don't want to be there. So these rules and regs aren't a negative, but they're a positive to help us be obedient to God. Now, the ultimate covenant is the new covenant. It's found first in Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 through 34, where God promises to forgive sin and have a close, unbroken relationship with God's people. That promise was first made with the people of Israel and then extended to everyone in the new covenant, which everyone is offered salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. We read this in Acts chapter 2, verse 21. Would you say that with me? And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So back to our story, Genesis 12 at this point, verses 4 and 5. So Abram went as the Lord told him. And Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his, his nephew Lot, 
all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram followed the Lord's instructions on this road trip, taking with him his wife, his nephew, all the possessions, they had accumulated a lot, and there were also people that were with them, who served them, and ironically, the place that the Lord sent them to, remember they were in Haran, the place where they were being sent was Canaan. The very place where Abram's father had been headed, but instead he stopped and settled many years before. Hmm. When they arrived at Canaan, the Lord appeared to Abram and, and told him that he would give him this land, that this land would go to his offspring. And so Abram built an altar to the Lord there, which was common practice to build an altar, an altar when a significant occurrence with God took place. And the road trip continued. As there was a famine in the land, a, a famine where in the land uh, where he and those with him traveled to Egypt. Fearing the Egyptians would, would kill him for his wife, as she was quite beautiful, as they were traveling, it was Abram and his wife, who was really, really beautiful. He told them, this is just really hard for me to kind of swallow, this is just wrong. He told the group who he thought was he was going to lose his life to that Sarai was his sister, which was half true. She was half sister. That's a little weird too. But <laughs> as a result, Pharaoh took Sarai into his palace. Mm -hmm. See, she was beautiful. And he treated Abram well for his sake, and he gave him sheep, and he gave him cattle, and donkeys, and camels, and Men servants and That's where those servants. people came from. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> but the Lord inflicted serious disease on Pharaoh and his household. Interesting, he doesn't do it on Abraham, uh, on Abram rather, who kind of was the misleader, but he does it on Pharaoh and his household because of Sarai. Pharaoh asked Abram why he'd done this to him, saying, uh, saying that she was his sister when in fact she was his wife, so that Pharaoh took her to be his wife. You getting the picture here? Yeah. And so Pharaoh sent Abram away with his wife and everything that he had acquired when he was in the land of Egypt. So why are we sharing this part of Abram's this story? This soap opera. This soap opera. <laughs> you need to read Genesis. Everything's in there. I'm telling you. It's a great story of humanity. <laughs> You'll find yourself in there. I find myself in there. So why do we share this part of Genesis, this part of the road trip? It's to show that Abram was human. Abram was human, just like you and me, an ordinary guy who faithfully followed God's call to leave his country, leave his people, and even his father's household to go to the land that the Lord had promised to him. And even though Abram is known as the father of the faith, and even though Abram was obedient, he still at times was really weak, he was fearful, he messed up, he was even less than faithful at times. Abram was human, not superhuman, but human like you and me. 
And as God often does, God took ordinary and did the extraordinary. God takes ordinary and does the extraordinary. We will see this in the coming weeks, how God delivered on God's promises to Abram in spite of Abram's weaknesses. Mm. We've shared before that, that, that God called me into ministry while, while Carrie was already in ministry, was a student pastor, servant church, and going to school in Washington. Called me to go to seminary while she was still a student there. I know many people must have thought that I was not only insane, but I that did. I was not a good husband and father. As we had four children at the time, I had a well-paying job that I was going to relinquish to take a much, 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 much less well-paying job in order to do this. Why couldn't I just wait till Carrie was finished? That would make all the sense in the world. Wouldn't that be the prudent thing to do? Well, it would be the prudent thing to do, perhaps. But that wasn't what God called us to do. And so we followed God's call. And there were days where that was very, 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 very difficult. I remember, as I've shared before, some nights at seminary where I'm just going, God, I, I can't do this. I, I can't do this anymore. I'm ready to quit. Yet in the morning, it was a, a new picture, a new day. And all through it, God was faithful. God met all of our needs, often through scholarship, through other people's generosity. We got to see God in action through that whole process. And as, the na as is the nature of our creators, we said earlier, God promised and God delivered. And the same thing when we knew that God was not asking but telling us to pull up roots to start this church. We weren't exactly sure how things were going to unfold, <laughs> but God did. And God's vision was much bigger than our vision. And God directed us to come and be in uh, a team with some awesome church planters, a launch team, and we trusted God, that God would take care of us and would begin God's church here in Middletown. God promised, and God delivered. You know, God calls you just as God called Abram, just like God called us. God calls you to follow where God leads. It may not be to Canaan, but it will be somewhere. Somewhere that very, very likely will be out of your comfort zone. See, if it's in your comfort zone, you don't need God a whole lot. And God usually pushes us so we need him. Somewhere beyond your thinking, somewhere you never would have imagined on your own. And chances are good that, that you, you too will show your humanness. <laughs> show your weakness. Show your faithlessness at times, just as we have. We all do that. But the question is, 
while all that's going on, will you show your obedience? Because that's what God desires above all else, our obedience. Obedient when God calls us, that we would follow where God leads, that we would believe God's promises, especially the ultimate promise, the ultimate covenant found in Christ's blood on the cross, the promise that he died for you and me. That if we were merely to confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, that we would be saved. That's the ultimate plan and promise of the road trip we're on. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church.